You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Well, what's up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and I'm joined today by Cindy Circatella, Executive Director of America's Future. You know, when you say it that way, it sounds like a really big, important job. You're the Executive Director of America's Future. Exactly. It is a big, important job. That was the key, the idea for the name. <laughs> how's, uh, how's your day going so far? It is going great. Thank you so much for having me today. Glad to have you. We've been talking about doing this uh, for a bit. You know, we were at LibertyCon, and our yeah. table was right next to America's Future table, and we met some nice people over there, and we're like, hey, why don't you guys come on and talk sometime, and we finally got this going. So before we get yeah. into America's Future, I want to know a little bit about you, and I'm sure our listeners do as well. So give us your sure. entire life story in like 30 or so seconds. All right, here we go. Uh, so I had the immense privilege of getting to go to high school in Budapest, Hungary. Um, this was about 2000, which means that Hungary was on its way out of socialism. And I got to see what socialism looked like in person, the faces of the people, the buildings, the culture of the place. Um, and I got to watch it rise and open up and expand as they got more, um, as they became more free at that point. And I had always grown up in kind of a conservative home. And so getting to see that in person really inspired me to figure out a way to never have to let people live like that again. Um, and that kind of became my life's calling. Uh, I went to Hillsdale College. It was the only place I ever wanted to go because I wanted to study economics um, and they have a really amazing uh, Austrian economic program at Hillsdale. And then I ended up working at the Atlas Network for about 13 years, where I helped free market think tanks get started and did trainings for them. Um, but while I was early in my career, I needed to pay off my student loans. I wanted to expand my network. And so I joined up with an organization called America's Future in Washington, D.C. to host events for them. And that was my side job for a few years. Uh, and then in 2018, when I was ready for something new, they needed an executive director. Um, and they had helped me expand my skills, like meet amazing new people. And so I thought it would be a really cool opportunity to come back and do that with America's Future. So that's where I have been here with America's wow. Future for the last five years. That's a lot of stuff. How was that quick enough? That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It might have gone over 30 seconds, but it was completely worth yeah. it. So yeah. 
First, okay, why Budapest? I want to know that first. Like you, you went to you went to high school there. Any particular reason? So my parents had some friends who decided to go there um, as missionaries when the wall fell and when they were able to actually go. And they invited my parents to come out because they started a school while they were there. And my parents decided to say yes. Uh, it was insane. They had four children at the time, packed us all up, moved us to a two-bedroom apartment in Budapest, and the rest was history. That's amazing. Uh, so tell, know, it was crazy. tell everyone, I guess... Uh, a little bit about what America's future does. I've been coming through. It's, mm -hmm. it's quite a few things. And so just in general, what is it that you guys do? Yeah. So our mission is to develop lifelong effective advocates for freedom. That is the key is that we want to help people stay connected to the ideas of freedom and advocate for them within their life, anywhere they are. Our particular focus is on people in their 20s and 30s. We find once you leave college and leave all of the amazing uh, libertarian organizations that are available to you in college, it can be really lonely and hard to find your way <laughs> once you're starting your professional career. And so we really want to be the place for people to continue to learn about the ideas of freedom and find ways to engage with them and make their communities more free. Um, so that is kind of our niche is young people, twenties and thirties, helping them grow in their careers and into the leaders that they're going to be. And ideally being great ambassadors for freedom along the way. Um, we do that through a couple of ways. Primarily we have kind of on the ground efforts in cities all around the country where we have chapters that host regular events and do kind of volunteering within their community. And then we have a leadership development arm where we offer training and mastermind groups and mentorship and opportunities to network to help people grow in their career. So I, I like the idea that it's after college because there's been so many of these organizations, really great ones like Students for Liberty and Young Americans for Liberty, yeah. and they, they all focus on mm -hmm. people that are in college. And uh, myself, you know, I didn't graduate from college or anything like that. And I got all these yeah. great college organizations that are out there and feel like, you know, I can't can't what, hang out <laughs> with those college people. Plus, I'm too old also. And yeah. so I think it's really smart to have an organization that focuses on what you're going to do after that. That's great. Yeah. And uh, so what kind of community events or gatherings are you focused on? Yeah. So all of our chapters are asked to do events that are either professional development um, ideas and local policy focus or our civic uh, civic events. So to kind of give you a couple of examples, um, this week in Atlanta, we hosted an event on the importance of mentorship and mentoring opportunities for young people who are in difficult situations. So we had uh, a former executive at Chick-fil-A who came and talked to our audience about how they could be great mentors to others in their community. Um, tonight we have an event in Dallas with a newly elected, uh, state legislator, and he's going to talk about what's coming up in Texas and what that's going to look like. Um, and then all across this, the, the country this month, we're doing kind of like, uh, we're tying our holiday parties to, uh, charitable causes. And so bring a winter coat get a free drink, bring a toy, get a free appetizer, that kind of thing. So it kind of spans the mix, but kind of all the things that you need to be a great and engaged citizen. We try to host events around those things um, and make them a lot of fun. 
it's really important to actually get out there in the community and not just yes. be out there selling all the time. Here's my product. Here's my organization. Let's do this. But let's actually get out there and, and just be part of the community and do good things yeah. for people. How, how important exactly. is that to you? I think it's absolutely vital. Uh, I think that as people who believe that uh, the people and society and civilization, we need to support each other, but we don't need the government to do it because that tends to hurt people more than it helps them. We have to show up and solve those problems. We have to be present. Um, And often people who think like us get a little bit demonized in the world as though we don't care about our fellow citizens when the truth is, is that we care so much that we can't leave their fate to government. Uh, So we have to go do it. We have to get into the community. Um, And luckily, we know lots of young people who feel the same way. So, you know, they'll go out on a hike and clean up the trail. They'll build a little library for a middle school. Um, They'll get involved because people need to know that people who love liberty can, we can serve each other uh, without it being forced on us. (laughs) It's very important. I mean, we all talk about it. And I'll mention, like everyone's heard me mention a bunch of times, our first speech that we ever gave, Charlotte, the co-host isn't here today, it's just me. Um, the first speech we ever gave was at a Young Americans for Liberty convention, and it was called Libertarianism, Mm -hmm. the Most Compassionate Ideology. And it was all about how actually uh, we are the ones, libertarians are small government, uh, individual people are the most compassionate because we truly want to do things that help others. And we all get out here and we talk about it all the time, Mm -hmm. and we post about it, we tweet about it, but it's a little bit more rare to see people actually going out there and doing those things and proving that you don't have to rely on the government to do that. Hopefully people will see that. Have you had good good responses in the communities from this kind of thing? I think so. I think people are really excited to, one, see young people engaged, because a lot of times that doesn't happen very often. Um, two, they're often surprised to hear that we are doing this from a limited government perspective, but I think it gives them a good feeling. Um, and so, yeah, I think people are thrilled to see us out there in the community and my hope is, is that we do more and more of that because I think the more you see young people coming to solve the problems or to find ways to solve these problems, that's really key. Um, one thing that we have found and a big reason why we've wanted to get involved in this space more is that we have found that more progressive institutions are really great at getting involved in the community and plugging young people in. Um, and people want to make life better for others. <laughs> and so we want to offer an alternative uh, and so I'm really excited about that piece of our work. I think it's really vital. It's it's very important to be out there actually showing people uh, a solution. I've uh, we've yeah. talked about it a lot that uh, especially younger people or anyone who's in a rough situation, uh, it's great to hear people's ideas. But when someone's actually given the solution, even if it's someone on the left, they'll say, "Well, we're going to attack someone. The government's going to fix this problem for you." Well. That might be the only solution they see someone presenting to them at that time. So they yeah. might be going with what they see as the only available solution to whatever the problem is. And so when you get out there and you offer up a solution as well, uh, hopefully that can help turn the tide in the in the right direction. One thing with the, the groups that are more left-leaning, they mm-hmm. might be out there talking a bit of a, an easier message than what people who are smaller government, more individual liberty uh, people are, are talking. They might have a leg up on the uh, the ease of the solution, I think. 
or at least how it sounds anyway. Yeah. It sounds really easy to say, just take a piece of my paycheck (laughs) and we'll make things better. But I think one thing, if anything, that the last couple of years have shown us, it's the way that government can take money and completely fail. And so many of our cities are seeing evidence of that. You know, we have put so much money towards fixing the homelessness problem and making sure people have secure housing. And I don't know about Nashville, but there are tents all over (laughs) DC Mm -hmm. and it's clear that they're failing. We have to have an alternative. And yes, it's going to take a little bit more work, but we're good at that. <laughs> we're entrepreneurial people. We can solve those problems ourselves. Yeah, well, all the government needs is more money. The problem was they didn't have enough money to do whatever the thing was. Never so enough. They might have failed Never or the enough. problem might have got worse, but it was actually because the budget uh, wasn't quite big enough. And then they would have been able to solve the problem. Another thing I see that you guys do is uh, you, you said you're hosting the writing fellowship. I've been doing a little bit of yeah. writing lately. What could I gain from that writing fellowship? Oh my gosh, so much. (laughs) (laughs) So our writing fellowship is designed to help uh, people, A, become better writers, uh, write great headlines, and then learn how to pitch so that they can get published. And it is taught by um, the editor of The Spectator, Matthew Purple. He's a fantastic editor and he teaches that class. But we also pull in editors and directors of communication and journalists. So A, you'd grow your network. You'd meet lots of other people who can help uh, do your write, help you with your writing. Um, but you'd also be writing and getting direct feedback on that. And then you enter kind of an alumni group of over 600 people who are getting published all the time uh, in media. And so they can all help you out with that too. Yeah. Do you do any writing yourself? Uh, you know, I don't. Okay. Um, I used to, but I don't have time these days. Yeah. <laughs> so sadly, yeah. I don't do much writing on my own. I'm just, I'm hard up for some tips right now on, on fixing my, okay. I find that when I try to write about something, I, I try to solve all the world's problems in like one single article. And I, I don't know if it's just the, the libertarian philosophy or whatever. I can't just simply talk about one thing. I have to dive all the yeah. way into where it started, like, you know, 300 years ago and, and trace it back up through what happened. So maybe someone can help me out with that problem. I'm really interested in that writing fellowship. I relate to that so much. I feel like you can't solve a problem unless you get to the root of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. of course you've got to go the whole way, but no one will read it. <laughs> you give them the entire thesis. It's so true. if you want people to read it, solve one problem at a time. I think but I'll put you in touch with Matt. I'm sure we could help you out. The problem I have here, and I was going to ask for some of the people listening, it's uh, you say young professionals a lot. And now when I think about myself, I don't think I qualify as young or professional. So I okay. don't know who qualifies uh, as a as a young professional that could uh, join up. Our target audience is people in their 20s and 30s, but we are more than happy to welcome people in their 40s as well. But we're going to design things for people in their 20s and 30s. So things are going to be in bars and breweries. They're going to be active and engaging. So that is kind of who we're trying to attract. So we're making sure that that's who we're pleasing when we host events. Um, If you have a job or want to do something in your life, I think you count as a professional. (laughs) I'm feeling like you as a podcast host who is clearly young uh, are more than welcome at all of our events. Cool. Well, I'm 35 and I do this as a job and I, and I treat it as if I'm a professional. So maybe I could end up qualifying on this. I don't know. You've also got, uh, you've got an event coming up with uh, TK Coleman. Yes, we do. 
that is going to be next Thursday evening. Uh, it's a virtual event, so we can get people from all over the country together. Um, TK has such a fantastic message about how to make a difference as an individual um, and how to organize your life so that you can make a difference, but also just the power of what one person can really accomplish. Uh, and so we've thought coming into the end of the year, getting ready for the new year, um, we've got a lot of battles uh, to face in the years ahead as far as advancing freedom. And so we wanted to give everyone some motivation. Um, so we'd love to invite everyone in your audience to join us for that next Thursday evening. Um, I'll share a link so that you can share that with people. Um, and I'll also say the same for the Writing Fellows Program. For those of you who are interested, we're accepting applications for the spring cohort now. That starts in February. So we'd love for you to apply for that as well. Well, you've also got this uh, this Go Fellowship. This um, yeah. You said once a year helps people launch their activism or civil society project. Give me a little bit of info on that, yeah. too. Absolutely. So that is something we just launched this year for the first time. Uh, and it's really in keeping with what I was saying and what we talked about with getting involved in our community and showing up. Um, we want to inspire people to start things, uh, whether it's an organization or just one project or get out into the community and do something. And But it's not easy to know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. There's a definite science and art to it. Uh, and so we've put this program together. It's guided by people who have grassroots organizing experience um, who are doing it in the field right now. And it is across six months. Uh, you'll be bringing your project to the table uh, and working on it over six months, one class a, a month on Saturdays, and then additional support and help. Um, but the people who did it for the first time this year, one of them is doing um, Second Amendment education for kind of underserved communities. Another is working with um, women who are facing domestic violence, but from a freedom perspective. Another is focused on solving the homelessness problem. So it's everybody's kind of bringing something different and bringing the needs of their community to the table. And we're going to help you start that project. Um, so it's a really exciting program. I think we'd love to have more people involved in that because we need lots more um, activity on the ground to show what we mean when we talk about freedom. So what I'm wondering is, uh, so America's future, you guys get... You know, all the all the big goals that you have, everything works out. What is kind of your vision for how this is going to change things and uh, make the future better for, for everyone? That's a very complicated question, actually, because I, what I need you to do is yeah. tell me the future and every yeah. intricate detail <laughs> in the way that, the, that our me, lives are going to be better. Yeah. So let me get out my crystal ball. Okay. No, Um you know, the thing that I really see as America's future is that we need to be inspiring our generation. We're both millennials, uh, Generation Z. They want to change the world. They want to get involved uh, and we want to give them a direction to do that. I think that one thing that I've loved about our generation, the millennials, is that they recognized early that that government couldn't always solve problems and they needed to start businesses and start things in order to do that. Um I imagine that if we can be inspiring our generation and the next generation to get up and solve things, uh, to help each other, um, to not ask the government for solutions and to be resilient because we do have major global challenges that we have to face, uh, I think we'll be in a much better place. Um, my imagination and my fantasy is always that we just never ask the government for help. <laughs> they have mm -hmm. nothing to do because we've solved all of the problems through the market and through civil society. And so as America's future continues to grow, um, 
I see us as the leaders of many of the freedom movement organizations and newspapers. I see us as starting a whole new um, niche uh, of new organizations that are getting going. Um, and even more uh, importantly, I see us as just being engaged citizens in our communities and getting out and just making sure that we have a great representation of what it means to love people and love freedom. Um, so that's a big vision and a big goal. But I I think it's already happening. <laughs> and I yeah. think we can keep it up. The other part that I love about this is I, I've always had the idea that you don't really have to wait for the government to change or even always have to be relying on it to get out of the way, to get the right people in power, to get whatever it is that you want, um, that you can actually focus on changing yourself and your family and your community. And as the people yeah. change, uh, the government will naturally change, but you could just kind of ignore that so long as they're not standing mm-hmm. in your way. You can't, you obviously can't ignore them if they're blocking you from doing everything. Uh, but you right. could just create your own solutions and not worry so much about what Fox and CNN are telling you to worry about every day. Exactly. I completely agree. I feel like watching email make the USPS totally irrelevant. is <laughs> exactly what we can imagine can happen across the board. I think I like to use SpaceX and NASA also. I think and maybe for the younger yes. generation, that's a great example for them seeing this new thing pop up. Of course, they'll tell me how much money yeah. the government gave to SpaceX, and that's the only reason that they were able to get going. And Well, I mean, with email, it wouldn't have been for Al Gore creating <laughs> the internet. We wouldn't have been able to do the email anyway. So good point. Maybe we do need government after all. We can't do a single <laughs> Make thing. Make sure to cut that in post. I would That's never right. say such a thing. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Cindy says that we can't, we wouldn't have had anything without them at all. You know what? Okay. I, I'll just, while we're on this topic, I'll have to say, you know, they're putting all this money into EV chargers. Just a little pet peeve right now with me, like a bunch of money yeah. into putting EV charging stations. And what I imagine is 60 years from now, 50, 60 years from now, People will be saying, well, we never would have had EV charging stations around the country if the government would have made, wouldn't have made this massive investment into the EV charging infrastructure. And, and you know, me, maybe if I'm still there and I'm 95 years old, I'd be like, actually, we had all these charging stations beforehand. They didn't, they didn't have to do that. And I imagine that's probably the same way with a lot of other things that we think we would have never had if they wouldn't have done anything it's true. <laughs> so, I don't know why I felt it important to tell you my opinion on that, but I read something about the charging stations earlier and I really needed to get that off my chest. So I hope everyone listening uh, remembers I think that. It's very relevant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where can everyone go to keep up with America's future and you yourself? If you've got a personal Twitter you're tweeting from or whatever, where can they go to mm-hmm. do that? Uh, you can visit our website at americasfuture.org or follow us on social. Our Instagram is a lot of fun. It's at AFEmpowers, so A-F-E-M-P-O-W-E-R-S. Okay. <laughs> um, those are probably the best places to find out everything that we're up to. You can get on our mailing list to know about all of our events and opportunities. Um, and yeah, I think those are the best places to go. Cindy, I'm really glad we were able to do this today. I hope you had a good time like I did, but I really appreciate it. And we'd love to have you back on again sometime to talk more about whatever is coming on the horizon for you. I appreciate it. This was a ton of fun and I really enjoyed it. I hope that uh, more of your audience will come in and join us with the events and the we can work with you guys to see what all what you're all doing. But thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you.